Good day, fellas. Welcome to Uncensored Advice for Men. My name is Josh. I'm your host. I travel around asking questions and asking advice from thought leaders, from advisors, mentors, leaders of men. Questions that you guys are asking me when you go to our website and you're filling out these forms, asking advice. I search the world to find out people who could answer those questions intelligently. On today's show, we have a conversation uh, with a guy who has an interesting story and an interesting conversation. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome VIP to the show. VIP, welcome to Uncensored Advice for Men. Well, Josh, thank you so much, my friend. I was, um, out of all the podcasts, yours looks the, the most professional. I got to say, I mean, I've been listening to your shows all morning, all weekend. And uh, one of the ones I really liked was the one that's called um, Your Higher Self is on the Other Side of Hell which yeah. I thought was quite close and appropriate to uh, what we're going to be talking about. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I really enjoyed that conversation with, uh, I think it was Christopher who did that one, if I could remember. We've done a lot of shows, but uh, he was a great guest and he has a great story himself. But uh, today's about you and, and what you're going to share. And when we first got uh, talking, we, we spoke a little bit about suicide. And I said, man, my audience really needs to hear a lot about that. So um why don't you uh, give us, uh, give us a, a rundown of what you want to share with us today? Well, you know, um, suicide, before you achieve suicide, you come from a place I would think is depression. Because uh, you, you don't automatically get up thinking, oh, you know, um, maybe it should be the end. And I think it's very hard to explain to those who haven't been uh, depressed. So maybe I thought it might be appropriate if, let me talk to you how, what depression feels like from a man's perspective. Would that be fine? Yeah, yeah please. The floor is yours. Yeah. Um, you know, depression gets you in three ways. It, it sort of gets you mentally. It gets you emotionally. It gets you physically. And then mentally, I mean, let me describe it from my perspective. It feels like you're in the living dead. It feels like you're in a cage where you have the key, but you don't want to get out. It feels like you're in a coma where your body during the day is awake, but your mind is asleep. And at night, your uh, body is asleep, but your mind is awake. Everything works in the opposite direction. And for me, you know, it was a four-year-long process where every day felt like a fog. You know, one day blends into another. Uh, days become weeks, weeks become months, and months become years. And um, emotionally, it feels like a curse, where nothing works, nothing happens. You feel like you're in a vacuum. You want to talk, but you don't. You want to smile, but you don't. You want to laugh, but you don't. You want to think, but you don't. You want to live, but you don't. You know, and then also emotionally, you feel scared to be loved. And by that, I mean, obviously, my family uh, loves me, but I wasn't giving them a reason to love me because I felt useless. And, and, even though they loved me, I didn't want that love because I felt they were loving the person I used to be and not the person that I had become to be. So, you know, that, in that, that sort of paradox in your mind that keeps happening. Um, feels like you're be being eaten alive slowly, like being scrubbed through your insides. Uh, yet on the outside, there's or, you know, you're, you're getting by. Um, uh, people who are depressed are the biggest liars on earth because every time you ask them, how are you? They say, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. And then, and, 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 you know, physically, oh my God. Um, you know, you get up in the morning and you can't wait 
to sleep at night, uh, not because you've had a, not because you've had a um, tough day, but because you want the day to end. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Time has no relevance. Life moves normally, but I felt like I was moving in slow motion. And, and then you start developing neck aches because you start feeling the weight of your head, not from the weight of your responsibilities, but the actual physical weight. Uh, you start getting headaches. Uh, your eyes ache from the inside of your eye sockets. Uh, you feel sluggish. You, you're constantly have, you constantly have a throbbing, small level of throbbing in the back of your head that you can't even reach to massage it. And, and so that's where the depression comes from. And once you live with it long enough and it's not, nothing's happening, that's when you start thinking, you know what, enough, enough, enough is enough. And that's when you start going into that zone where, you know, um, maybe I've had a good run with life, which I have. Um, I would rather be remembered for my history because I don't seem to have a destiny. Yeah? Yeah. Man, you described depression better than I've ever heard. And um, while you were talking, I on my end, I had a little bit of a, a dip in, in the audio. But when you were when you were talking, like mm. I went back to when I was in depression. And, you know, I think if, if we're honest with ourselves, um, I think everybody has had some level of interaction with depression, whether it was yourself or with someone else. But with myself personally, like, like you nailed it. And, um, this, how, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a little speechless because, you know, this, this really impacted my life and I could tell that you lived in this, uh, cage yourself. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when, as we're talking about suicide itself, um, how did, how did it turn from depression to, and you said achieving suicide or, or the process of, of thinking that, like what, where was that turning point where you started to look at suicide as an option? When depression fails to achieve any more than what it has set out to achieve, you know, depression comes from a pursuit of a purpose that fails to produce repetitively. I, I'm definitely not a winner by any sense of the imagination in, in, in anything in life. I'm actually a very average kind of guy, uh, but I have a strong desire uh, to succeed. And, you know, over the four years after I left my job, trying to find one, you know, another job and thinking that I would, because if someone was to read my bio, people always say, oh, you know, it, it's great. It, it, it sounds good. And, and you have all that experience and expertise and, and we have as men and, and, and women too, but I'm talking, because this is a man's show, I'm talking from a man's perspective because that's who I am. Um, we have our, our, you know, innate desire to provide. You know, women have an innate desire to uh, nurture. We have an innate desire to nourish. Uh, nourish our families, give them a good home, uh, give them a good lifestyle and things like that. And, you know, um, Day in, day out, you keep getting knocked down, keep getting knocked down, keep getting up, keep getting up, still you get knocked down and you start developing this 
Like what in the world is going on? And you, you just want to give up. And, and you say, you know what? When you want to call it a day with life, it's not necessarily about what will I leave my family with. You know, we were running out of money. And, and so my thought was, well, whatever money is left actually gets shared in, in greater ways than if I'm around. There's only three of us in my family. So whatever money I've got left is only going to be shared between the two people if I leave instead of being shared by three people. And that was my response when, you know, if someone would ask me that. The second reason I wanted to call it a day, because I wanted to, I'm, 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 I'm a spiritual man to a certain extent. I'm a practical man to a certain extent. But spiritually, I actually wanted to go to heaven and slap God in the face. Wow. And say, what in the world did you get out of making two people miserable? People have sinned far greater than me and suffer far less than me. And, and you want to take it out on me? Okay, take it out on me. I've, I've been through uh, this sort of scenario before. I can take it. But what do my wife and my, my son got to do with it? It didn't shake my faith. I wasn't angry with the organization of uh, religion. <laughs> I, I, I had an issue with the CEO. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And, 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 and to me, um, that was the, the key things of why I wanted to sort of call it a day um, with, with my life. Yeah. Everyone has maybe different reasons, but, you know, somewhere along the line, it, it's kind of uh, relatively the same. So when that time came was it a was it a process in coming was it a, an event that sparked the the okay today's the day i might do it to try to achieve it no so was it a process an event it's a it's a process of time it's it's almost like a vat of emotional acid that keeps filling your body that keeps filling your uh, state of well-being and eventually takes over and, and, and it's that final drop. And that drop could be as simple as, um, it could be the most simplest of things, but it's never that thing. Yeah. It's the culmination of what happens over time. That failing to produce, to be productive when you're pursuing a purpose and that fails to materialize. And so... It, it, it's never a switch. And, and those are the sort of things that, you know, um, one, one has to deal with in, in all of this. And, and how do you do that, right? So you got this vat and you describe it wonderfully. Mm. You have such a, first of all, you got a great voice and you describe things beautifully. And even something so terrible, you describe it so well. Um, Thank you, sir. And Thank you. anybody listening in who has ever faced suicide or depression, they're nodding their head right now. Me too. Um, so 
this vat of acid, you call it, is just sitting there filling up. And there's a one extra drop that pushes you over the edge a little bit. Um, so in that scenario, um, it could be something that's not even the real issue going on, but it's that one thing that could kind of push you over that edge. Um, what For guys in that space right now who has a vat and they don't know how full or how empty it is right now, what's some advice for this stage? Because I, I, you and I are going to continue this conversation, you know, down the path of, you know, to the point of suicide. But like at this point right now, for the guy listening in who has a vat that's growing, um, you know, that that's filling or, or bubbling, how right. do we know how full or how empty it is? How do we check our vat? You never know. You never know. I mean, that's the fact of life. And, and, and you know, I think uh, other people will falsely sell you that, uh, that there is a, a, everyone's different. Everyone's patience is different. Everyone's limitations are different. Everyone's um, uh, infrastructure, environment, level of faith, uh, support of family is different. Uh, you know when you know. But then by then it could be a little too late. And, and I th think uh, for me are a few simple strategies that I use because I tried therapy, I tried medication. Um, the thing with medication, you know, obviously it works. I respect all of that. I really do. As, as a man, I never wanted my re reality to be reliant on anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Except myself. And of course, you know, that can be a fault at times, but look, in, in, in the last four years, you know, I, I've had enough of experience with faults. So if I have another one added to it, it's okay. I'll take it. Um, so my thing was, that was the thing with medication. The thing with therapy was maybe I didn't get the right one or it was just hard for me to um, be in sync with someone. And, and, and I'm not sure my, the therapists I tried have had experience with it. Um, and the thing with depression is, you know, even if I told my family and friends, I respect the fact that they sympathize with me. I respect the fact that they want to help, but it takes one to know one. And the greatest conversations that one can ever have in life is when one person suffering from depression speaks to another suffering from depression and they have so much to share, so much in common um, that it's, it's almost unbelievable. It's almost like you want to pour out what you've been going through and what you've been containing. And, and people who haven't been through it, they, they just cannot get it. In fact, you know, if I would try and tell them stuff about how I'm feeling, they, um, uh, of course, they'd feel sorry for me, but actually I ended up feeling sorry for them. What do you mean by that? Because they don't understand how depression works. They don't understand how depression can impact you, how it can make you sluggish, how it can affect you mentally, emotionally, physically. Hmm. At best, they know three solutions. Um, uh, the, the, the mental one, the medical one, and the mystical one. You know, go do some yoga, do this, do that. And there I am twisting my arms around my legs and my knees around my neck and thinking like, well, this is not supposed to work. It's actually hurting me more. <laughs> 
yeah. Um, so, so then what, what happens after this point, right? So you're, you're in, you're in the middle of mm. this vat boiling, the drop comes, right? the world's spinning. People really don't understand unless they have right. lived or suffered with depression. Now you're at that point. Like well, what happens that, now? It's at that maximum point of danger. It's at that maximum point of danger that you actually encounter minimum fear. And what I decided to do was to use that pain and energy that's been really abusing me, that's consuming me, that's using me to turn it around and make it work for me. Um, it's what we do in martial arts. You use your opponent's energy to defeat them. Hmm. And here's for me, here's how it worked. You know, uh, at that point, at that tipping point, that last drop, I had felt that I had lost everything. And if I had lost everything, then I realized I had nothing left to lose. And if I have nothing left to lose, then technically I have nothing to fear. It's the ultimate point of exhilarating freedom when you have nothing to fear because you have nothing to lose. Before we are bound by cultural norms and social norms and things like that, and all of a sudden, I, you know, on one perspective, I felt hopeless. It wasn't that on the other side I was hopeful. But instead of feeling hopeless, I used that same negative emotion to feel fearless. And that's at that point when I said, you know what? I've been living with feeling hopeless for so long. Now let me try living fearless. And then all of a sudden you start discovering that, you know, you're not scared of anything. Yeah. Now, Bip, when you were, when you were walking through this kind of like this process, mm. uh, when you felt like you lost everything and you, 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 you did a turn, you, you, you judoed it, right? You took right. that energy and you turned it into, if I feel like I've lost everything, then I must have nothing to lose. Right. Now, for people listening in and, you know, um, how did you lose everything? If you still had, you know, a wife or a son, you still had family that loved you, like walk us through what, what goes on in your, in your mind, and your heart to make you feel that you have actually, actually lost everything. Because I had failed in my four years, uh, as a man, I didn't have the dignity of uh, labor, being able to bring home a paycheck, being able to provide for my family, having to, having to make them reduce their lifestyle, uh, you know, just in, in, in that sort of a way. And it, it affects you. It seriously affects you. Yeah. And, and then yeah. you, and not only that, so that's from their perspective. From my perspective, I have in my email account a, uh, uh, a folder called jobs. And in that jobs, I have 2,000 rejections. 2,000 rejections. And, and that, you know, 
I tried for jobs below my level. I tried for jobs at my level. I tried for jobs above my level. I tried jobs internationally. I even sent off an application uh, for, for uh, using my body for uh, med medical tests. I became that desperate. Everything was a rejection. When you go through that constant sense of rejection, things like that. So it's not about, uh, oh, uh, you know, that the love of my family and things like that. I internally, I felt that they were loving the wrong person. And internally, I felt that they were loving the person, like I said before, the, the person I used to be. And, 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 and that was sort of irritating. It's annoying. And, and unless you go through that and, and, and you know, uh, feel it that way, then people won't understand. So the constant battle, like it's like two people living in your body. Mm. The, the, the person that used to be me and the second person that doesn't need to be. So, so it, it's... That whole frustration was just, just eats you alive. Yeah. So as, as you, as you turned this point, mm. right. And from suicidal thought to, I'm going to turn um, this into some equal and opposite reaction. And you turned right. it from hopelessness to fearlessness. Did the, did the job situation change or did the, the situational things change or did your, um, your thoughts and feelings and emotions change? Like which changed first? Because you're when one I, of the most grateful, loving people that I've met. Right. What changed first? What changed first? Wow, that's such a powerful question. What changed first was I missed my old self. I wanted to reclaim who I used to be. I used a variety of scenarios to help, uh, help develop my plate of armor, so to speak. And one of them was, even though there were times when I hated God, I didn't hate, I didn't hate my faith. And I found faith to be uh, meditation for my depression. It was almost like a vaccination against my vulnerability, so to speak. And I, and I truly believe even today that, you know, a warrior with belief, protected by faith, for the sake of his family, and who wants to protect the so-called sanctuary of his sanity is the most dangerous and powerful man in the universe. And, and, and so I used, I used my uh, simple things like faith to help me get started. Um, I then used the concept that if nothing is changing in these four years and I keep getting this negative energy, well, I'm going to use it to turn it around and make it work for me. Uh, I went from uh, going from self-pity 
to starting to commit self selfless duty. So I would actually go out and, 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 and help people in need because when I was helping people in need, it actually made me realize that there are people out there who suffer on a daily basis. I've only been suffering for four years and they never, it doesn't seem to cross their mind that they need to call it a day. So it took away focus from my negativity, right? Mm. And, and, and to me, that was a very, very powerful turnaround situation. So, so here's, here's another turning point, right? So mm. at first, you, if I feel like I've lost everything, then I have nothing to lose then i could go from hopelessness to fearlessness and then instead of self-pity which you uh shared that you felt into taking care of others um it, it seems like a lot of these things are exchanges that occur is i'm going to exchange this for that um man this is this is we this is a, a powerful topic and in, in, in deep and you and I might have to continue this conversation. I, want you know, to, I, want and, to. I and definitely want to, because I think there's a need just, because, you know, men are physically fit. They're mentally fit, but they're not emotionally fit. And hmm. it's about time someone came out and talked about it. Um, because that's where my fearlessness comes from. I'm, I'm not scared to talk about it anymore. So the, what we might need to do mm. is that we might have to continue this in, in the second Make part. Make this part one. <laughs> this is part one. Um, I think what you described, though, is, is very, very powerful way right. of taking a negative thing, a negative that, and exchanging it in for something else. That's right. Um, but that before we go and, and before we head on over to part two, um, where could people go to learn more about you and, and connect with you and say, hey, what you shared here uh, described my situation and either I can, you know, I'd love to talk with you or find a way to work with you. Where can people go to find out more about you? Well, they just need to go to vipjazzwell.com. Um, you, you can connect with me over there. It'll, it'll allow you to email me from there. Awesome. And, uh, and, and that's a, just a very simple vipjazzwell.com. So everything you need to know about me and, uh, uh, I'll, I'll be, I'll, I'll respond. I usually respond within half a day. Awesome. All right. So uh, VIP part one, this is, um, man, as you were uh, describing these things, I just, I, it brought me back to, you know, many of the memories that I have and the feelings that I had. And, you know, unconsciously I made some, you know, turning points when I was right. on the bridge but uh, what we'll have to do is continue that on to, to part two. Yeah, and to, we'll talk about the after effects of depression when you get out of it, what it feels like and what you're going to expect to feel. Yeah. Because it ain't good. over yet. <laughs> yeah, it ain't over yet, guys. So if you're listening into this, fellas, if you're listening into this podcast interview, this is part one um, conversation with Vip. Um, stay tuned for part two. So have hope. Part two's coming. The turning point's coming. Um, if, you, if what Vip, has been sharing that resonates with you, go to his website. You could find the links in the show notes below. Go to the website, connect with him, uh, start engage in a conversation and um, 
stay tuned to part two. Guys, have a great day. Thanks for listening in to Uncensored Advice for Men.